Welcome to the Knowledge Entrepreneurs Show, where we celebrate the innovators driving change in the education industry. At Edison OS, we've worked with over 500 knowledge entrepreneurs to turn their edtech ideas into profitable businesses. In today's episode of the Knowledge Entrepreneur Show, we have Sujoy Kumar Datta. Sujoy Kumar Datta is a highly experienced mentor and coach specializing in GMAT, GRE, CAT, SAT, and ACT preparation. With over 15 years of experience and as an IIT alumnus, Sujoy helps students and professionals achieve their target scores in these standardized tests. Hi, Sujoy. Good evening. Welcome to the Knowledge Entrepreneur Show. Thank you so much for taking time out uh, to be here with me today. Yeah, uh, thank you for inviting me to the show. It's a pleasure to converse with you. So let's start. What what questions you have? Yeah, <laughs> I'm ready to share my journey. Yeah. Okay. It's just a conversation about your journey. I'm not going to have yeah. any questions as such. So yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, pleasure is also mine. Uh, so, okay. So my first question is, uh, Sujoy, before we get into, you know, the business that you're running now, if you can walk us through your journey up until the point you decided to get into the education domain as a career choice. Yeah. So I was doing my master's, uh, like I did my bachelor's from Jadavpur University, then went on to do my master's from IIT Kharagpur. I had IIC as a choice also, decided to go ahead with something which, are closer, which was closer, closer back home. So that's the reason why I took up IIT Kharagpur. So I did uh, come fifth in gate mechanical uh, in that year, all India. Right. I went on to do my master's, was the topper in IIT Kharagpur, then went to Germany for my master's, I mean project, master's project. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. in Germany under the dad scholarship. So all was going fine. I had more or less decided that I would go into higher education uh, uh, research and all. I had completed my TOEFL also. I was almost going to write the GRE. I got a 297 on 300 at in that at that point in TOEFL. So that was out of 300 at that point. I remember wow. that's okay. very long back, 2006 around. Okay. And then I understood that it's it's not that easy for me because I kind of was uh, kind I'm not very happy staying alone and <laughs> uh, sticking to research for like I, I understood that it was at least four or five years that I'd have to spend time on research. Right. I didn't think that it. I had it in me to continue doing that for such a long time, uh, leaving. I mean, I'm kind of, you see, as a Bengali guy, right? I am more attached to my family, so I'd sacrifice career for my family anytime. So that's <laughs> that's something which I decided, no? Okay. Enough. So I uh, did my research, I mean, master's project, came back to India. And unfortunately, since I'd already decided my scope was to go into research, I had skipped placements in IIT. So I had ah. not attended a single IIT in, um, in a placement. So I had all those top companies coming and I left everything. So then I was in a suit that I had to do something. So at that point, uh, TIME, time, you must be knowing, like Triumphant Institute of Management, right? TIME. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Time. Yeah, it, it goes, gets into CAT and also was hiring faculty for uh, CAT training for quant. And quant was something which was like, I knew in and out of. So I decided I'll just go ahead and do some classes for some period of time. Then once I'm more or less settled in India back, get a job, leave that and join as a thing. Okay. And then that I decided not to. So once I started doing that, I fell, fell in love so much with this whole right. idea. So I decided, no, I'm not going to change. I'll just stick to that. And that was in 2007. This is 2023. <laughs> so nice. 16 years. 
what was it about uh, teaching that made you fall in love with it? Uh, I had taken CAD at that point of time. I knew the in and outs, what uh, difficulties students face, uh, what are the concepts that they usually get stuck on. So I felt like I had a lot to contribute. It was very fresh to me, all of that. Right. As a student, I had made the journey, so I knew what students are. And I was very young at the time, almost their age. So I was teaching a bunch of kids who were my age group only. Right, so I right. knew exactly the instant connect was there. I loved interacting with them, clearing their doubts. And maths was a challenge. So I, uh, after that point of time, I used to go into the class saying that you throw at me any question, I'll solve it. Okay. <laughs> so, so that was kind of a challenge and that gave me that impetus to continue. So Great. that's the main thing, the main, main thing that drove me for at least the next uh, five, ten years. So I went, uh, went on from time, I went on to career launcher, all in Calcutta. I never moved out of Calcutta. Okay. I had a lot of opportunities in test prep also. There were some companies in Dubai and all that who had got in touch with me. But the main thing was I left everything for Yeah, Calcutta. So exactly. Why would you again leave? Yeah. Yeah. So there's no reason why I would leave. I, in fact, made it to Fiji also into test like IITJ. But it was again located in Delhi. So I had to leave it. Right. So... Yeah, so it was everything centered in Calcutta only. So okay. that was the main crux of the whole thing. Okay. So yeah, went into career launcher, then uh, did uh, IMS, thought of trying out. So everything was like almost two years, two years kind of. Things. Right, right, right. Then uh, thought of trying out uh, something else in test prep. So I joined a gate preparation company. Okay. But not as a faculty, but as a marketing guy. So I wanted oh, wow. to see how okay. marketing works. Right. So I wasn't very happy with the entire I mean, experience of that. I did it for around a year also and then I left and then came back to again test prep which was now from CAT I moved on to uh, GMAT. GMAT and GRE. So there was this company in Calcutta again, Roads Prep. Right. So there I was doing uh, faculty and then that was at that point 2020 and when I... My student in time, basically, he went on to uh, Indrojit. So, he went on to do MBA from MDI Gurgaon. Right. In fact, I didn't tell you, like, I had got into a lot of B-schools at that point also. Like, okay. I cracked uh, Niti. I could not crack for uh, one or two percentile points, like point point something. So I couldn't crack. I am Ahmedabad. But then I made it to MDI also, Niti also. I left everything. So, I just, it was like fun at that point. I was just trying out. So, the student... Who was uh, who had passed out from MDI? I think uh, 2016 or 15 range time, mm. or even even before maybe I guess 12 or 13. Yeah, in that range. He came in touch with me again, and we two set up Cubics. Whoa, quite a journey. So we set up Cubics in Calcutta. He was also very disheartened and all that. He wasn't happy staying outside. He wanted to come to Calcutta. I was already in Calcutta, so we decided to start. So that we started in 2020 and around. Got it, Sujay. Sujay, I'm going to go little, uh, I'm going to take a little detour uh, just to, yeah. you know, bring in this perspective, right? Because I don't get to hear this from a lot of guests. Uh, you left uh, what could have been a very lucrative career for you, but then, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, you chose. It was your choice. Right. Uh, can you talk a little bit more about that? Like, you know, uh, how did you, like, what did you tell yourself? Look, you it must have been this question, right? Money versus other things. Um, yeah. How did that thought process work out? So, and... um, at one point of time, when I was like just starting off, mm. uh, like I was deciding whether to 
like stay back in test prep like i just joined time and stay back in test prep or move into research so i was deciding so either i have to be extremely good in one of thing one of the two things either i be very good in research and do an excellent job and get into some place like nasa and all where i'm doing like uh, latest cutting edge technology research right or i uh, devote my time and becoming in the sort of a faculty who has made some mark at least if not globally at least in nationally right and at the same time earn a lot of money at the, as a as a side thing were like obviously so at that time it, these were the two things that were kind of driving me so i was thinking like what to decide i took a lot of uh, suggestions from my parents my father my wife my wife wanted me to go to uh, research and all because <laughs> i was already in germany so uh, my father said that uh, you would have made a very good manager most likely but you have a very uh, you have a very i mean bad or good i don't know i had a habit of uh, not liking the same thing for a prolonged period if it became very monotonous and if it was time constrained or time bound so if i had to like go to office every day at 7 and come back every day at 6 i knew very well that is not going to be my cup of tea and that is why i could not stay back in the same company even though they spread for more than 2 years like it's tend to get bored right because it was the same processes same set of uh, content same type of uh, methodologies that were being followed so i always wanted to try something different right so that's where i decided that no i think staying uh, as a manager or in any 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 company as a corporate wouldn't be something which i would enjoy because it's more uh, set rules uh, you have lot of scope to innovate right. lot of things to do stuff but then obviously there are certain things which you have to follow right certain regulations certain things you must otherwise it does not work so i thought that maybe not a very good idea at least from my perspective so that is why i got a lot of job opportunities also i get it, got into like after i came back to india uh, leaving uh, everything in germany i made it to john deere and company also it was a fortune 500 company manufacturing it was a uh, core mine field right but then they wanted me to join in pune within a span of like two months or something right or one month or something so i felt that it was too close i left that i got into pepsi then i left that because uh, it was again sending me outside right so i got a string of offers i left everything because it was sending me outside you were be in kolkata then, yeah then i made it to at that point i was also writing cat myself right i i for the second time so i, I got into a lot of colleges also as i said i cracked mdi gurgaon also but again i i, I did not uh, go ahead in fact <laughs> this is a funny anecdote i can share yeah yeah so there was a mamadabad interview okay and i was in two minds what is the point of going because i am not going to take it <laughs> so oh i did not God, just okay. <laughs> so i did not just go and uh, i mean i planned on not going then from my family and all they said that no please go and i ended up reaching late so uh, they asked me why are you late come back the next day so then i stopped i didn't go anymore so these are like funny things there is an i am calcutta interview where they asked me uh, something like Uh, i told them that i as a faculty and i was teaching so they asked me like okay so you basically teach students shortcut tricks and tell them that this is how you crack cat uh, so i was very upfront and said no I, i don't think cat as a such a good exam can be just taught on the basis of shortcut tricks <laughs> so i had these sort of conversations i was always enjoying right right myself. right right because i never had the intention of getting into uh, any institute i took the gmat also uh, i got a q51 in gmat 
I got that in 30 minutes. Uh, that was uh, a 75 minute section. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so I managed that in 30 minutes. And the English section, I just completed somehow and left the center. So, because I never wanted to, as I said, do an MBA or anything. Right. So, I just for fun. So, it's kind of like every year I go and ride the cat. Kind of, just for Even fun. Now? So, yeah, yeah, now also. Last year, I had a 99.98 overall. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> so that's my hobby, kind of. Got it, got it, got it. This is great. Uh, it's Thank you for sharing this because... Uh, I can totally relate that one thing I can see your decisions have centered about your city. You wanted to be in your city, anything that supported that you were okay. Anything that didn't support yeah. that you, so you're distant. And you know, I'm also like that. I'm from Bangalore for whatever reason, okay. this is my home and you know, there's a certain, so I can totally relate. And my decisions have also been, uh, is it Bangalore or, or, you know, out of Bangalore? That's it. Very simple. Yeah. Anything in Bangalore, we'll do it. So I'm glad <laughs> to find somebody else, you know, who doesn't find this too limiting or whatever no no definitely not yeah yeah i mean there is a lot of scope to do something in your hometown also no this is no problem you can always travel if required exactly then, you can always yeah. travel yeah but if you are very clear about this is my core thing then yeah, yeah why yeah, not definitely yeah cool okay now uh coming back to your uh, journey uh until the point you started with your uh, student right uh the company mm -hmm. that you started cubics before that you said mo all your journey you were a faculty only except one place where you wanted to try marketing in one marketing, of the gate yeah. thing you said it didn't go very well can you share that experience please so uh, marketing i basically i had a brief idea like okay what marketing is about so the marketing guy visits different schools different colleges talks to the people the the, the admin guys set up meetings talk to them that this is how you can tie up this is the benefit and then if a deal is done there are some uh, sample demo sessions that the faculty from the institute goes and takes and everything goes fine. Then there's a tie-up. So I had a brief idea that this is how it is. I just wanted to make sure that whether I can crack myself one of those deals, not as a faculty, but as a marketing guy selling my faculty uh, for that purpose. Yeah. So a few things which I did not like was the amount of travel it had to be like throughout the day to keep on moving from one center to other. I, like I had to travel like almost uh, seven, eight hours throughout the day, every day almost, like going from one center to another center by train and then coming back and then it was very hectic. Right. So that is one thing. I'm more of a home person. So Yeah, yeah, I that is established. <laughs> Even within Kolkata, you want to be near your home. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. So I rarely move out okay. unless I'm going on vacation or something. Right. So that's one of the reasons why I didn't, didn't continue that thing for a long period of time. Because I had joined, I just had to see through the thing so that, I mean, just leaving immediately doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense. Correct, correct, correct. So I continued for a brief period of time, told them uh, that uh, it's not working out and then gracefully left. <laughs> nice. So you got into this marketing to kind of get practice for your own uh, startup. Kind of. I always had the thing, right? Let, let's do something on my own. Right, right, right. So if I don't know what marketing is about, then what will I tell my marketing guy to do? Correct, correct. So I always wanted to do that uh, firsthand. So I had already done a lot of counseling. So I used to do counseling for the students also, uh, just for free with those institutes only. I just talked to the students. And so I knew counseling. I know how to teach more or less. And the only thing which I had no idea was marketing. So I wanted a firsthand experience. So I got that. So I then knew that, okay, this is how things run. So people keep you and uh, make you waiting, like for a long period of time, especially the Correct. guys in the admin place, they, they just keep you waiting just to show that they are in authority, right? So yes, they have the yes, power. Yes. 
I mean, they will not entertain you even if they're not doing anything. And that is one of the major reasons why I was very irritated at them. Did you manage because to close the deal? Because I to make anyone wait. That's the point. Right, so, right. Yeah, so that's the thing. Did you manage to close the deal? One. <laughs> Only one. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Um, and um, um, so um, you switched back to being a faculty after you decided marketing is not your cup of tea. And yeah. um, how many years you went back to market? I mean, uh, faculty, you didn't straight away go to start your startup. No, uh, I went back to being a faculty for another two years. Okay. Because yeah, I was into CAT till now. So I hadn't done much of GMAT and right, GRE right, in right. I was doing GMAT, GRE and stuff, but one-on-one on online as a side thing, which was not in conflict to the CAT test prep anyways, because they were only CAT. Right, right. But I wanted to have a first ad feel of uh, in a batch, sort of how it works. So... I decided to let, let's try. So my, throughout my life, I've been experimenting. So that was also an experiment. Let's see how it works. Great. So I went ahead and tried here. Okay. This is what I forgot. So when you said, you know, you tried a marketing job to just kind of figure out how marketing is going to be. I had a conversation with another corporate trainer a couple of days back. She started off as a trainer and a freelance trainer. She was getting projects and everything. And she was finding it a little difficult to crack corporate deals. So to understand how that works, she joined a corporate as a trainer to see from inside how it works and stuff like that. Okay. So, yeah, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so, John, you said, you know, you changed companies, even though it was training only just for the change of atmosphere and processes and stuff like that, right? Were there really a lot of change in processes? between companies yeah, yeah. if yes what are those major differences a lot of changes so uh without taking names yeah yeah uh, of course yeah one of the companies was very focused on research so they made their content which was like uh tougher than cat okay. so that was like really challenging solving those questions trying out with the students and all that right when i moved to another company that was that had a belief that why train beyond CAT when CAT is what they have to crack. So let's focus on making things at par with CAT only so that students who are on the weaker side, they can also take a shot. Right. So the, the attitude is very different. So there is one. Then on some places, there was a lot of uh, importance given to discipline. Like, right. how, I mean, whether you were on time in the class or whether you are leaving the class on time, are you leaving five or 10 minutes early? Then then they would question you, why have you left five minutes early? So, uh, whereas in the other place, it was more like as long as you are making the students feel at ease and delivering your duties, then you are fine. You can, you have a buffer of five, 10 minutes. So that's okay. That's not a big deal. Right. But, you should be doing your job properly. So a lot of differences. Some places had, okay, you have these classes, you just have to stay in the office for these classes. That's it. The rest of the time you have free. Whereas some places had, no, you have to come at this time. Then you have to leave at this time, irrespective of how many hours you have. What is the longest number of hours that you've worked uh, teaching? Because teaching is a very energy draining process, right? So you would be shocked. I think I had a record. I mean, maybe good enough for Guinness Book of Records. Wow. Please don't tell me. <laughs> so when I started off with time. So as I told you, now, I was thinking of more like whether I can like make myself very popular and do a lot of classes and do that. So 
at that point it was i was driven by taking as many class, how many classes can i take in a day right so i was taking 6 to 7 classes so like 12 to 14 hours at a stretch wow okay so started off at morning 7 and ended at evening 7 oh my goodness okay now how does that 14 hours fit in i'll tell you sometimes what happened was certain faculty members used to be absent for a class right. for some reason right whatever. right right I used to fill for them. Okay. So parallelly taking two classes at the same time. Parallelly. Yeah. Wow. So I teach something in one class, then I give them okay do these questions. Now I go to the next class, teach another thing for that class. Then give. Brilliant. <laughs> I used to do that for uh, like that for six months at the stretch I did. Wow. Like, so almost twelve hours working, and I used to no take no breaks. So I was working all seven days. Oh my goodness! Okay. So for six months I did that, and I was the most number of hours training faculty that was there in that institute. Did they pay you on an hourly basis or what? Obviously, uh, there were extra payments for all of this as well. There were extra payments, so that was always there. Right. But yeah, that was one of the things. Like I really, I mean, another challenge for me. Like I, I used to, I did not have time for lunch also, so I went in at seven. Like from home, I used to have something. Went in at seven and went out at seven, and then had something to eat. Like throughout the day, I was just doing nothing. I mean, only classes back to back, back to back. So that was a very young age. That I was around what what age was I? So I just uh, moved out of IIT, right? So five, seven, two thousand seven, eight, nine. That period, two thousand seven to two thousand ten. That period when I was with ten, I used to do that a lot. Crazy, crazy. <laughs> and uh, what's the largest number of strength that you've taught to i never enjoy taking too many students uh, at a in a batch because no one benefits right. because i as a faculty never i don't get to understand whether the guys are understanding obviously when you have like a 50 source strength batch then there would be someone who is very good someone who is very weak right and you are doing injustice to both right because if i focus on the weak guys the Well, the the ones who are very strong, and who could actually deliver the top scores, would not get the required mentoring that is necessary. Right. And if I just focus on the stronger guys, then the weaker ones who want to at least do something better in life from where they are, <laughs> right. Now they will not understand anything what I am doing. Right. So I was always in a dilemma how to proceed. Right. And sometimes my uh, feedback also suffered because of that because I ended up always siding with the ones who are stronger. Ah. So I always like kind of subconsciously I used to, like I had to force myself a lot to come back on track sometimes. Got it. So uh, maximum was fifty, fifty sixty around. Wow. Okay. And that is one of the reasons why I started my own company where I made a point of not keeping more than fifteen. So uh, that is why, in fact, one of the reasons why my cost overrun was very high also because there were fifteen students, students and yeah. I closed the batch. And now there were two students who had joined. I had to open a new batch because of those two. And then when new students came back, joined like after let's say two three weeks, then I had to give all of those backup classes. Right. So I have double cost. But then that was one of the things which I had made up my mind that I'm not going to uh, compromise on. So 15, like I uh, I have reached 15, no more entry in that batch. Great. That was so that was there. The one common thing i've seen with all the trainers right i've like spoken to a few trainers before like you know beat cat gmat sat everybody would have started working for these companies like time or whatever these you know this the reason that they'll come out is at one point you know they same thing like you said 
they wouldn't be happy with the ideology or teaching so many yeah. students and then you know just to uh, improve the quality and you know have a satisfaction is how they've come out and they've started which is great and um, so at what point did you decide you know that you needed to you wanted to do something on your own like you know was it the plan from the start you joined time or what was the trigger for no, that no not not from time because then i had no idea how things were right, right. like i didn't even know how much the faculty members were paid right so <laughs> i remember my conversation with the oh, i mean the the person who was in charge of the calcutta center so he asked me how much do you expect i said whatever you think is right okay <laughs> so i never had that then i realized like after staying back a few months 6 7 months then i understood okay how much is this guy getting how much is that guy getting how much of a loss i have made and all that then i started calculating but initially for at least 7 8 months i had simply no idea that okay this uh, this is how much people can get paid right so yeah the, that was the that, that was the thing got it got it so joy so so joy uh, at what point uh, did this transition happened and how was it because yeah, so Uh, in 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 time uh, after i left time and joined cl so i had seen two three different companies at that point right and then i decided uh, well i teach uh, more or less decent recently uh, i know how things are run i know where uh, people are lacking these companies are lacking maybe i can do some value add in those right. areas so why don't i start something on my own right and that is when things started so that was more or less say 2 3 years before i actually started got it i was searching for some partner ah. whom i can do something because uh, i mean i could not have done everything by myself so i was searching i was talking to guys then i met this person the student i i was talking about here yeah, so and then we started in 2020 and well you said you know you were searching for a partner because you couldn't do everything on your own is that related to capital only or lot of other things as well um no uh, so i always had a mind had in mind that someone who is not necessarily another faculty has to join right because i have never worked in a corporate i don't know how businesses or other things run right, i mean i right. just have a vague idea that right. okay this is how things can work but how it actually does i have no idea so i wanted someone to join from the corporate sector right so that is the capital was one i needed capital so i needed someone to uh, like arrange for capital also like not our own capital maybe an investor right. in that sense right yeah so that was obviously one i had no contacts right because i entire time was going class doing taking classes that's it so i needed contacts so i did not have them so my partner should have them that was my thought process it took 3 years for you to find a partner yeah yeah roughly yeah why did it take 3 years what are the mistakes you made while you were searching for partners in these 3 years so lot of things i i spoke to lot of guys uh, most of them were only keen on doing something only if i put in money or they were getting paid from day one so for them the main idea was how much money are you going to pay me for being with you and stuff that was not something which i was looking at someone who i wanted someone who would be equally passionate about Correct. the idea and then so i wasn't getting other spark got it in any of the people yeah, that's why 
did you realize you're looking at the wrong place but how did you eventually end up finding this partner any changes you made not really uh, it, it came to me by luck actually hmm. i mean uh, it was 2000 uh yeah on 18 or so in that range only so i was just he, suddenly i got a call from this uh, i didn't even have his number so he said that how are you doing and all that so uh, i am planning to come back to calcutta what do you think if we start or something so oh cool. <laughs> he asked the question okay so i just said he have come <laughs> and uh, he fit your criteria he was working in a corporate yeah he he, he was working in a corporate yeah. So did he exactly? Yeah, That's pretty long experience. He has a he has a very good position also. He was working, so he would be leaving everything and coming back. So he would have a lot at stake to lose. To lo- right, right, right. A lot to yeah. lose. Right. And uh, he was uh, doing something related to business only. Yeah, done his MBA ah. basically, right? So yeah, yeah, he is an MBA M- MBA Gurugao Pasa. Got it, got it. So, um, when you started off. Uh, especially you know it's not that you started and then a partner joined right you decided that you're yeah. going to start off so how did uh, how did you structure this entire starting up phase uh, you know and uh, acquiring students especially is one of the most important thing usually what they share is you know the first time entrepreneurs there are two kinds of entrepreneurs first one they will go get an office get branding cards or furniture everything and then look for business and there are some people Who first get business and then do all the others, you know, all the other things. Yeah. So I was kind of midway. So uh, what I did was while I was working with the others, I was already doing one-on-one classes. Right, uh, right. Privately. Privately, we were students abroad online. Everything like so, students across USA and all. There were students from India also, some from Calcutta also, but not having any conflict of interest with any of these. Right. Yeah. So. I had those my profiles posted in various online portals. Right. So the, it was getting anyways getting a good traction. Right. So I was getting a steady stream of students. Right. So when that that the conversation happened with my partner, right, would be partner rather. So then I started uh, in the conversation with the students. I used to tell them that we are starting off an offline setup now. And instead of saying that come online and we'll do classes, it's offline setup now. Uh, this will be the payment terms. This is the entire curriculum and all that. So you decide. Tell your friends also, and we can join. So that was I was doing already, and at the same time, all the content I had prepared myself. Right. Because while I was working, I had a lot of. I mean, not a lot of, but some free time. I used to take out time. So as I said, like I was working like almost eighteen, uh, nineteen hours that time, like taking classes for twelve hours and then coming back home and doing content and doing all that and all that stuff. So uh, I made all the content uh, from scratch myself. Wow. For that, uh, for the full of CAD, full GMAT, full GRE, and full SAT, these four things. Wow! And then we started. So that is one thing which I have a regret that I should not have thought of. Like we took the the most posh area in Calcutta, so that was in Park Street, and where all the competitors were. And in South Calcutta, there was one more location which I took up. That was in Gold Park. So uh, my first now on hindsight, I have this thing that. I should have Park Street was fine, but maybe a cheaper location should have been better, at least initially, and then move on. And maybe we could have just done with one center, not two centers in the very beginning. So that would have saved a lot of capital uh, initially. But yeah, more or less this. So we started off in the first year. We managed to get hundred students. Great, that's a good number, right? 
decent number, but we played a lot on discounts and all. Right. Which was, I feel, another mistake. Right. Because discounts are never uh, sustainable. Right. Like what is happening to all these companies like uh, e-commerce companies and all that. Correct, correct. They're running into losses. Yeah, yeah. And once you get the hang of discounts, when the, once the customer understands that there are discounts, they will always expect correct, discounts. Correct, So you will never be able to come out of that loop. Right. And increasing prices later on becomes very difficult. Correct. So these two things we made mistakes on. But we were doing fine. We were able to gradually increase and do stuff. But then, yeah, the, then COVID struck. That was the issue, yes. <laughs> so, sorry, uh, but the thing is, you were already doing teaching online. You were teaching to students from US and all. And when, obviously, you know, you know the cons and perks, sorry, the pros and perks of teaching online. You don't need a place and everything. Despite having yeah. experience doing it online, why did you choose to go offline again? Just just try, try out something new. <laughs> okay. Just try out something new. I, I always had that thing like I would have my own setup. So that it was, was a thing like I, having one, yeah, like a center. Yeah, yeah. Something like it always gave me a kick. Uh, that okay, I have my own company, so this is there. It's a physical setup there. So that Got was it. the main reason why. I, yeah. So COVID hit. Obviously, your first company was Cubics, which was a physical center. Uh, you shut it down after COVID hit. Yeah. You transitioned into online. Yeah. So in the very year we were. Like we don't, we didn't close down immediately. We kept running for one year, in spite of having very few offline students coming in. Hmm. So to help our students, we transitioned everything, moved everything online. We set up the Zoom accounts and everything, uh, uh, corporate accounts and all that. We started recording the classes and everything, uh, made them. So we used the Google Classroom, which was like we tried to improvise and get as much as possible without spending. Without spending, yeah. Again, yeah. So we did all of that. But then the the point was the the Calcutta crowd is more like uh, not really happy to do online. Uh, I I'm not very sure that is the case. Maybe in Delhi or in Mumbai or other places in the big cities in Bangalore, for example, people would be more uh, willing to do online classes. But in Calcutta, it is more that they are more willing to do offline. So for the period of COVID. People just stopped doing classes. Wow. And they did not just do classes almost. So there was hardly any online uh, stream coming in, revenue coming in from Calcutta students. Got it. Whatever was coming in first from my students uh, who were abroad and all. This is you're talking about after transition, after the pandemic hit. Yeah. yeah. You, but online geography doesn't matter. You could have... Yeah, so... Uh, we could we, we never focused on the uh, markets in Bangalore and Delhi and uh, Mumbai and all that. Yeah, right? no, right? We never had any presence, so we didn't have to start over all over all over again and have made presence there by having seminars, by having uh, tie-ups with schools, colleges. Right. And uh, we did not have that kind of capital because a lot of it was already tied down to the Calcutta Center, right? Plus, it was COVID, so it was almost like impossible right. to have. Anything worthwhile happening. Right. So, yeah. So, we could not even think of spending any marketing cost on... Because we tried doing a lot of these uh, Google AdWords and then Facebook ads and LinkedIn ads and all that. Nothing actually worked. Got it. That basically, that's what my learning was that Facebook ads are completely, I mean, gone. I mean, they don't really give you any uh, uh, return. Absolutely no return. It's a complete waste. 
LinkedIn still works, but provided you know how to target the correct uh, people, you know. Right. And Google AdWords will work, but then you need to spend a lot of money on that. Right, right. Google AdWords, so it, it's the main thing is to grow organic growth, to have organic growth by writing blogs, then writing proper, uh, like SEO, uh, proper uh, website right. creation and all right. that. But since we were at that point of physical setup, we were doing that. We had a more or less uh, proper website, everything which I had done myself. Right. So I had read up how is SEO done and how is how to write blogs and all that. So I did the whole thing myself. But it was not top notch, obviously, because I was learning while doing. So it was okay, but it did not have the desired effect during the COVID. The returns were did not come from that. Got it, Sujoy. So how exactly your partner was contributing? But he uh, yeah. was he also a faculty or was he just taking care he of He also was a faculty. He was the reasoning faculty there. Okay. So he was uh, also the HR guy. Basically, he was talking to faculty members, uh, deciding who to take, who to not take, uh, looking at marketing, uh, driving the marketing stuff, then negotiating with the investors, that part. Are you now uh, investor-backed? Sorry? No, no. Are you now investor-backed? No. You're not oh. okay. So, uh, what started the turnaround? Uh, you know, from shutting Cubics down and then starting one click prep. Yeah, so there was no revenue coming in, very frankly. So unnecessarily, there was this cost of a setup which was going on. We decided that no point in keeping a center yeah, yeah. and nothing yeah. is coming in. Correct. So we closed the center down. That was the first step, and uh, we were still doing classes online. But then gradually the, uh, in, I mean, inflow of students were so low, then we decided that we will not have any more students in a batch anymore. So we decided to wind it down completely. Because then running a batch was like we had to pay the faculty also. Like there were uh, faculty members for English, yeah, 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 verbal yeah. ability classes and all. So we had to pay them also for classes. If there was only one or two students in a class, then doesn't didn't make sense for the... Right. So how did you so turn this situation around? So I just simply uh, closed down the website, not completely. I kept it on, but then directed all feed to one click prep website and uh, whatever Google presence and everything I had with Cubix rebranded the entire thing as one click prep and clearly mentioned only one-on-one classes, no batch. Right. So you don't do batches anymore. It's only one-on-one. No, I don't do batches at all. Okay. So now uh, how... What is your, uh, your students come from where? They're not only from Calcutta, they are from all over the world? Uh, I mean, hardly from Calcutta. <laughs> right, right. So not even 10% is from Calcutta. Everyone is from like maybe the rest of India. A lot of students are from uh, Mumbai and uh, Pune and this side. And a lot of them are from the US. USA, you have a lot of students for the SAT. Right, right, right. So Calcutta, what? I mean, people there just don't do online, is it? They, they, they don't have, they have this aversion for online. Even now? I think so. <laughs> because all these colleges are there, right, in Calcutta. So, in all of them, there were problems. I mean, in the proper bachelor programs, there were problems. Like, students used to log in, but not do any classes at all. They, they uh, did not want to do the tests or, uh, ex- I mean, ex- exams online. And there were a lot of always opposition to online in general. Got it. So, yeah. Got it. So, so, uh, you know, when you are doing batches, right, obviously there are so many more students, the fees on each student will be proportionate, it may not be high, but, you know, to get the same kind of money with one-on-one, 
you'd have to raise your fees and stuff like that, right? So yeah. how was it? I mean, the market was ready to pay that much, or you know, do you did you really have to sell? Um, no, so I mean, I to be frank, I still have no idea about how much people in general charge one on one. So I have got news that people charge as high as nine thousand rupees per hour to ten thousand rupees per hour. Wow! For GMAT classes, yeah, uh, in India only. I'm talking of people in Delhi charge that much. Okay. Which I think like it makes no sense. I mean, I would never be able to charge that much from anyone, even if someone was willing to pay. <laughs> because it does not take me that much of effort to actually take a class on uh, quant because it's that easy for me so i won't charge someone that high just because <laughs> i can <laughs> so how much is your effort worth so i, I see initially when i started off online i was doing so low that some of my students used to tell me why don't you increase your fees it's too low for the amount of uh, i mean uh, value that you had can, you, can you can you please share those numbers i was charging 900 per hour Oh my God! Okay, <laughs> so that was ten percent of what the topmost guy was possibly charging at that point. So that was like five years back, so five six years back rather. Right now, I charge twenty five hundred per hour. That's also not much. That is actually on the very lower side. Yeah. Even now, students tell me that you are very low uh, cost wise, like really very effective. I mean, I mean, cost wise, very low. You don't need money, is it? I was like, it's still, I mean, I'm still 25% uh, of that guy. Why? You don't need money. I need money, but uh, it's kind of, I'm very happy doing whatever I'm doing. So I still, till now I do a lot of classes. Like today I already had how many hours? Let me just check. So I had all, I have, I will be doing 10, 11 hours today classes. Wow. You don't have anything else to do or what? I mean, you don't have hobbies. You love this so much. I do a lot of things. I have my kid. I spend the entire afternoon with her. Okay. So my classes are like early morning, six o'clock, then late night, one o'clock. Right. And so I have a very, I mean, huge. Plus, I also do a lot of content. Right. So I have some good name in content. Uh, like uh, I have, I have tied up with Mercer. Uh, right, right, in, right, right. In India, then I have a tie up with the chemistry group in UK. Right. For uh, their content. I have made content for uh, Test Funda. I have made content for Manhattan Review. I have made content for uh, Career Launcher also. I have, uh, I mean, there are like, I think I, till now I've made more than 10,000 questions um, at, combined for all these tests. And not only for these tests, but for recruitment and all that. What Marcel does basically. Got it, got it. Right? Yeah, yeah. So all of these things. So I do a lot of content also. Great. And content is again something which I like very easily can do because like yeah. these questions, yeah. So it can be done very easily for me at least. It's, it's not a big deal. So I'm more or less happy. I don't see any reason why I should increase my fees that high, and I don't even. Maybe I'm not sure, but unless I have some very concrete data backing that there will be some benefit, I don't want to risk it again changing the equilibrium which is right. there. Right, you okay? You you want to be safe. You're playing a safe game. You do not want to lose what you have by unnecessarily increasing. Yeah, the because I've just recovered from this. Uh, Correct, understand. COVID thing, mm. right? So yeah, so. No, no, fair enough. Fair is, enough. Yeah, so basically, I'm doing pretty well off in that sense. I'm in that sense uh, cool about it. No, uh, but yeah, obviously later on maybe I would try to do something which is. I mean, try make another try at something which I don't know yet what. 
but not in, again a test prep company as a physical location not that but maybe something else related to test prep maybe to in, in related to content creation or something maybe i could look at stuff got it sujoy no this is what i was looking for right i mean i just wanted to know what is your mindset behind this is very clear you're basically saying look i want peace of mind certainty i don't want to go in the mode of okay what if i increase my fees and students start decreasing and stuff like that yeah just fair enough uh that's a very in fact students have decreased a lot because not of not because of the fees at all but one of the reasons why i felt was because of covid a lot of colleges uh, like b schools abroad and all went test optional right even in the sad and all right so there was this huge drop ah. so in, in the percentage of students so in gmat and all it dropped not that much in sat though sat remained the same almost but gmat has kind of dropped overall right so sir you spoke about the you know creating questions for a lot of companies questions only no when you talk about creating yeah. content it's questions only no questions sometimes i made uh, the theory part also oh, but right. majorly questions majorly questions this is a very very hidden industry content creation it's a very niche industry very small industry can you share can you elaborate you know how this industry works you know if somebody is interested in doing that how should they go about see first of all uh, create some content and post it on your uh, social media profile like a linkedin profile where people can at least see and uh, orient your profile saying that you create content so that when it's people search for content creators and all i mean someone can actually your name can pop up that is one next is i would say get in touch with if possible get in touch with these companies mail them that you make content and all whether they are willing to see a reference a few samples and then take a call right so these two things you can try one of uh, what worked for me was when i was just doing just started out doing content so there was this guy who approached me so he was making content for a company x which was like a top uh, gmac uh, and all that so he off, outsourced the content work to me and that is where i started so right. i had very good time with right. that person so we i did a lot of work just for him got it and then kind of i kept on writing on my linkedin page on uh, different social media pages that see this is my content this is type of question and all that and i used to advertise to everyone that i make content on my cv i had it written i posted my cv online in so many places got it all those online portals where i had for my profile site wrote there that i make content and all that and i put put it in upwork and all, all those places right 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 when i started getting more uh, work based on that so and all of them were long term associations like uh, there was one company which was cbl pro hmm. which was also into the same so we i worked with them for 5 uh, years They are a test prep uh, company. Time, they are, sorry, they are a test prep. No, company. not. No, it's not a test prep company. It's not a test. They are publishers. They are, yeah, yeah. They are online content publishers. So right. With Mercer, I have been uh, there associated with almost seven years now. So wow. Okay. Yeah. So, and then different leads keep coming. They have sent word of mouth from there, like they have tie ups, right? Like contacts rather. with different other companies so they ask them they say that okay you get in touch with me and this is how the thing builds up your expertise lies in mathematics primarily correct uh, quant yeah yeah quant yeah. and uh, you you're saying mercer is you're working with a company mercer or whatever company for 7 years right 
what is there to work for seven years? I mean, do you keep uh, doing uh, the same format, different uh, content? Or is there yeah, so much? There, there, um, there are some um, formats which are which take up almost 70% of the workload. Same format, different questions. Every time you have a new set of questions that you have to make. Okay. Oh, it's also so, about the changing policies by the uh, uh, test prep boards. Ah, right, 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 right. That's where you keep getting new projects, right? Yeah. Plus, there is 30% which is uh, offbeat. So, suddenly you might have, uh, they need guesstimates for some company, recruiting company. So, you have to make their estimates. So, I make the guesstimates. They need case studies. So, I try to help them with a few case studies maybe. Ah, Okay. So like that. So that is 30% of the work. The major chunk is proper aptitude, abstract reasoning, spatial reasoning. Right. right. Non-verbal. I don't do verbal yeah. because it's not my forte at all. Right. So, so yeah. So that's 70% of the work. 30% is different. What do you mean when you say guesstimates? Oh, guesstimates is, is, is a favorite thing. So like, for example, this, this used to be there in, in those uh, IIT interviews. Uh-huh. So when a company used to visit an IIT campus for interviews, so then uh, one of the questions used to be a guesstimate. So for example, uh, they say that, okay, guesstimate is like one example. How much does a rickshaw puller in your city or in your locality make in a week? So oh. you assume numbers, okay, how many days, how many hours is that guy working? Is he taking an off day? You make that proper ratio, then how much does he have to pay for his maintenance of the cycle and all that? Right. How many hours in the day? So during peak hours, how many customers can he get? Right. During morning hours, out of those uh, customers, how many are long distance? How many are short distance? Uh, what could be a possible fare for a long distance? Right. So And using all these numbers, you get a number that this is his. So what matters is not whether your numbers are right or wrong, but numbers should be reasonable. Reasonable, I mean, right. Could not say that, okay, uh, fare is uh, 100 rupees in a rickshaw. It's not possible. Right. So that is one. But what they majorly see is your logical thought process. Are you right. able to think correctly? Right. Got it. So that's what. So guesstimates me, what happens is we give the data. Right. So we say that this is after the data. This is, so, so what could be the number? So you have to use all the data and see that, okay, which combinations of data will give you the answer. So there could be two, three ways of getting the same answer. Right. But the different two, three ways will give you slightly different answers to the final answer. Right. So the minimum value is how much, maximum value is how much. So your answer is in between those two. So like that is the, you have to design a guesstimate like that. Got it, Sujoy. Sujoy, and what about when it comes to, you know, test prep, you charge an hourly is this, is it like a piecework? Do you charge hourly or is it per question? How did you figure that out? Because you first started uh, off for your friend, somebody. You're not, uh, yeah. It was for content is always uh, per question. Okay. Content is always per question. Okay. So if you have a huge bunch, then the per question rate is tweaked a little bit down. Okay. Because you are giving a huge volume. Okay. If it is a short duration. Even here, rate, are you charging lower than all your competitors? <laughs> I, I have no idea. <laughs> okay so what are your, uh, so your when I, whenever i ask them that uh like when i say that okay you need to revise or something i just very politely say that do you think that this can be increased a little bit <laughs> i can help you out here with what is the maximum that they charge okay so uh i have spoken to people so i have some idea see i i know some idea here that uh for a gmat question uh for verbal at least there are people who charge five thousand bucks per question 
Oh, this is something that I have not heard of. Okay, fine. This is yeah. okay. This is Indians. Uh, Indians charging five thousand rupees per question, no? For sorry, Indians charging five thousand rupees per question. Indians, Indians. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Five thousand rupees per question, but that's for uh, verbal. Uh, I don't have much of an idea for quant. I have a feeling that it could be in the range of twelve hundred to fifteen hundred because it's uh, way tougher to create an original verbal question than to create an original quant question because in verbal, uh, given that. mainly it's critical reasoning or reading comprehension where there has to be some passage on which the question is based right 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 creating the passage itself is a very huge task you can't just lift something out from anywhere because there will be copyright issue ha huh. so you have to tweak it change the data it has to be original to... totally yeah 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 so uh, it is very difficult to create a verbal question at least for me i feel than to create a quant question so verbal question charge being charged at 5000 bucks i think is reasonable Wow. Okay. I mean, someone who is making that level, like a actual GMAT level question. Okay. That's reasonable. But you only But created quant questions. I only focus on quant. Okay. I only focus on quant. Okay. And what do you charge? But quant, I think, if uh, if there is someone who is like in that scale giving, then maybe twelve hundred, fifteen hundred would be. I don't charge that much. You're the most content guy I've ever come across. Trust me. Okay. See, I understand. with the students you are charging a certain way because you know okay i'm going to get so many students there is a certain peace of mind for you you are not putting yourself under risk but these are big companies no and they come back to you they like you do they come to you for your pricing because you charge less maybe maybe that's one one that could be one reason why ha ah. that definitely could be a reason why okay okay got it but uh If you, so I kind of believe the the this dialogue by uh, in, from the movie Godfather. Ah, okay. What is that? Make an offer which they can't refuse. <laughs> okay, okay, got it. Interesting. Got it, Sujoy. So Sujoy, uh, pricing is one thing, but uh, you know, you said quants creating questions for quants is easier than creating questions for verbal. How long does it take for you to create a question? Five minutes uh, with solution. Wow. Like if I am full flow, I would do that in five minutes per question. Okay, here's something that I want to know. Okay, there is something called as plagiarism. Yeah. And there is something called as original content. See, plagiarism obviously you don't copy. You know what? Technically, what? Let's say there is one question which has got a name Ramu, Ramu, Bais, whatever, whatever. Changing the name does not does not make a new. <laughs> <question>. <laughs> So what accounts for plagiarism? Basically, see. Uh, Is there a rule like a thumb rule? See, it differs from country to country. In India, it's more relaxed, I guess. Uh, people just change the name, change a one, change a number, and get a new answer. Everything else remains the same. Is a new question. Oh my God! The process, this the process of the solution to the problem is exactly the same. It's just a change of name and numbers. That's it. Yeah. Uh, well, and maybe changing the wordings a bit so that if you do a google search it might not come out that that fast okay ha uh ha -huh. yeah so that is what lot of people in india do okay i mean believe me i have seen because i have often required content for verbal and all also uh -huh. to give to someone and i have seen like okay you search actually picking different parts of the question i put it in the google google search only and it comes out mm I can clearly see. Okay, it's exactly the same question. Okay, you have changed this word from the third line to the first line, change a few names, change the number. Okay, so so this is what a lot of people actually do. I do it like 
see it's not i mean humanly possible to create a, i mean because concepts are almost the same right correct I mean, yeah percentage mein what new concept can you get correct correct so you have to basically see you you can always take inspiration yeah yeah by that i don't mean anumalik inspirations so anumalik was <laughs> ंगेजरे and this i do with my own questions got it so got it of I course made, yeah. yeah so i made the first 1000 1500 questions exactly fresh and then i started tweaking the questions for every question and so that there is absolutely no similarity in Repetition. the solution because uh, and every time i start thinking okay do i send him to buy grapes this time or do i send him to buy watermelons <laughs> and start creating a new story that's a waste of time so i keep I see a question. Okay, this is okay. This guy has what grapes? This is how they have what. Okay, let me change something here. Okay, now this is a fresh new question. There is no uh, similarity involved, and this is fine. Got it. So all my companies basically they always cross check. So all these companies they cross check. So they always they have their own tools to yeah, check. Right, right, so right. They always check it. And has there been instances where uh, yes, they have come up with? Obviously, yeah. yeah. um as i said i mean someone somewhere might have made the question also right Correct. i mean i am making something is because concepts are limited right so right. you can't really create a new concept everywhere right. cost price will remain cost price only correct 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 right so yes there have been cases but i don't think it's uh, it's always been less than 3% overall less than 3% okay yeah 3 to 4% not more than that i think that's your thing but what's the industry acceptable no no so they tell me that these are the questions which are looking same so please change try change them again right right so that's how i'm saying that it is 4% maybe because i have been asked to do that change very 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 rarely okay got it so sorry and uh, you said you created close to 10000 questions now uh, that is entirely quants for different tests no quants reasoning data interpretation right reasoning when you I say i also do cat content right Right, right, right. Yeah, it has a lot of logical reasoning and data interpretation also. Right. Uh, Sujoy, from your experience, this content thing, no. Um, where do you see this going? Is it is the demand seasonal, or you know, is the demand uh, now? It's is it increasing? I'll ask you. You know, I'll tell you why I'm asking this question. Now today, everybody is doing online. Everybody, every individual is becoming their own brand, and everybody got an online portal, an online platform. so which kind of becomes that you need to have your original content at some point you can't you know like let's say if i'm a teacher in the neighborhood i can buy one book and then teach the questions and you know take something nobody's come nobody's going to know copyright and stuff like that from all these perspective where do you see this entire content creation for test prep going see, um those companies which uh, let's say see frankly speaking if you're if you're starting off as a fresh faculty it doesn't matter whether your content is original or not correct what matters is whether you can teach properly or not correct so even if you don't have content content doesn't make you a make or break a institute okay at least someone who is starting out right 
because content is so widely available right if you can use a reasonably good source right which is at par or com- uh, commensurate to what the test is asking about so you are let's say teaching for gmat and solving questions for cat right then sooner or later the students will stop coming to you so it has to be proper content right but you take it from anywhere doesn't matter right as long as you are not telling the students see this is mine right because in the students are also smart they will just search it on google and get the original source right so then you have loss of face right which again leads to loss of business so don't tell that your content is yours unless it is actually yours but content doesn't really make or break got anything. it got it so whether you can teach or not actually decides got it the other thing is content requirement is going up digital side obviously content requirement is going up because everything is changing Ah, there is going to be a huge, huge requirement of questions because there are slight changes in the, uh, I mean, huge changes in English and slight changes in math as well. Okay. So some questions, really tough questions, are required and all that. So that is one. And all these test prep companies like Kaplan and uh, Princeton or the ones which are the top. Yeah, yeah. They would always, they would always uh, keep working on content because I have seen that uh, same content. If you keep on using, then the students who are repeat users would find that there is no benefit of joining that particular or buying that particular thing. Correct. Because after all, you are giving the same thing. Yeah. So for that reason, they would always revise or re- review their content, edit, modify something or that. So these test prep companies will always do that. Same goes for a career launcher or a Time or an IMS or XYZ. Some are more frequently changing, some are less frequently changing, but they do change. So eventually, they would need content. Got it. So it it is seasonal during the tests that come up. So like CAT is in November, right? So based on that, maybe uploading the content would take let's say two three months, or editing and reviewing maybe take another two three months. So six months prior to that, there would be a huge surge of content requirements right, for those right. companies. They might outsource depending on whether their own team is sufficient to uh, sufficient or not to make up for that requirement. So that's how it works. Got it, Sujoy. Sujoy, uh, let's go to you know. Let's talk about your uh, client acquisition, sales, and marketing and stuff like that. Let's start with your students, right? Uh, I mean, what is the split between inbound and outbound? Are most of the students you get they come to you as an inbound lead, or do you do any outbound activities as well? Uh, I do nothing almost now, at least okay. I used to do a lot like going to like when I was having that setup, Center, so right. I used to, yeah, so I was doing college seminars and all that, uh, advertises, then leaflets, right, right. posters, billboards, right. so I did everything, right. I tried out everything there, ah. but then after a period, then when I moved to online, then nothing of these matter, right? Like, Good. yeah, yeah. <laughs> So then it had to be online leads right. and online leads, frankly speaking, I am not an expert in that. So I don't know much of how things actually, there are a lot of nitty gritties in that, like make certain changes. So if I start focusing on that, I was recently having a conversation with another person who was, uh, who asked me the exact same question. So I told him the same thing that if I started focusing on that, that, okay, how to make my, uh, how to generate more leads, then I would not get time to do actually what the work I do. And I do everything myself. So starting from like uh, X to Y, Z, I mean, A to Z, everything I do. So I had to decide like, okay, so this is not something I'm going to get into. 
and I don't have that much of money that I spend on Google AdWords because the, the top companies which are there, they spend so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can never beat things. them. Yeah, and doesn't make sense to have, let's say, two months of huge spending and then after that, don't spend at all. Then what's the point of doing that two months? Either you do consistently or you don't do it at all. Okay. So I don't do anything of that. I only do blogs. And that too, very infrequently because I don't get time. So I write some articles, then they get uh, then uh, they get some feed, uh, uh, they generate some interest. Some people come in contact, mainly on LinkedIn, I do that. Then they ask me personally whether how much are I how do I charge and how my process is and all that. So I reply on the message and a student comes in. That is one, and the other is uh, word of mouth. These are the two main. That's it. That's it. Nothing else. And for uh, creating questions, creating content, you, uh, is it inbound? No, I have those, those two three companies which I am dealing with consistently. Ha, right. Sometimes a new company like yours has like got in touch with me mainly i think has you have seen it on my linkedin profile maybe that i do content right right so because so i think their uh, linkedin algorithm is helping me in that sense helping me to reach out to you people who are looking for content right so sometimes that happens so that happens so basically it's all linkedin's help but <laughs> i personally don't take much effort in reaching out personally to content creators whether they need content or not or please review my sample and all that that i don't do you don't do that Got it, sorry. I used to at one point of time, like initially. Now I don't do anymore. Got it, got it. So, sorry, final part of this podcast, maybe uh, coming to tech. You're doing online everything. What are the tools you use? What are the tools you need? What is the gap you have right now, if at all you have any gap? Uh, frankly, though tech should have been a very important, I hardly use any tool as such. I just have a Zoom and I have a Google Meet account. That's it. You have I a have, I have a pen tablet. Pen tablet. Yeah, that's it. That's it. And uh, nothing special. No special cameras. No special sound systems. Nothing. So that's it. I I had one very old laptop which was creating problems. <laughs> so that I replaced six months back. Okay. Right now this is going on fine. Okay. So that's more or less it. Students I, also I don't demand it. much, is it? They don't demand recordings. They don't demand recordings. No, recordings, I do it on uh, Zoom directly, right? Okay. So there is an option for recording the uh, uh, call. So I record it. I have a paid uh, Google account. Okay. So that I upload it there. Huh. Until the student is there with me, he has access to the recording 24-7. Okay. Once he is done, delete then it. I delete the recording. So that's it. And what so about very, uh, very laymanish type? Nothing extraordinarily smart or something. Got it. Got nothing it, like that. Got it. What about giving mock tests and all? I don't do mock tests because, uh, frankly speaking, I cannot do a GMAT or a GRE or a uh, GRE or a GMAT mock test because uh, GMAT mock tests are adaptive. So unless I have an actual algorithm which actually behaves in that adaptive right, fashion, right? So I would be cheating a guy who, and I say that okay, this is a mock. You can take for GMAT. So it's not right. So I tell them very frankly, see, do not buy GMAT mocks from any XYZ players because GMAT questions are curated and then they test, they're tested on a lot of students. On that basis, their difficulty levels are judged. It's not like I decide this is difficult and hence it is difficult. It is what the students have said globally that this is difficult. Right. And hence this is difficult. So the time taken to solve a question is very high. Right. Or percentage of errors are so high. So that question now becomes difficult. For me, it could be a very easy question. So that is how it is. So any new newbie company, which is like 
saying that okay this is our gmat mock test and take it and you will do great wonders they will never be able to replicate the scores so right. their score will not match with the actual gmat score so i tell them very frankly either you go to kaplan buy that or maybe gmat club they have those mocks there are few other companies which do mocks also but kaplan and gmat club are two very well known uh, players they tell them just take their mocks plus the official mocks nothing beats the official mocks same i tell them for gre also you take kaplan or take the official mocks that's it and sat i never had a requirement till now because sat provided so many mocks for free right with the qas uh, service plus the office on on their website also they have so many mocks so you never needed extra mocks for yeah. sat so creating a sat mock test never was a requirement anyways or act for that matter they had too many of those uh, freely available mocks on their websites and everywhere now sat mocks would be required but again so i since i would not have a platform where i can give them actual experience of a mock right just treating a mock to be a collection of questions is not right got it mock is not a collection of questions a collection it of it has to be an exact replica of that experience that's what you consider right. it as the experience is important got it and uh, the students uh, you know there has not been any student you know uh, do they ask you when they join you know what are your processes do you use these yeah, tools yeah. so i tell them everything so i have a proper format message ready where i mention everything in proper way so i send them that they see that if they're happy with the pricing then i tell them the details and everything for they have never come to me asking for mock tests and all whether you provide mocks or not got it because they also understand because i mean any xyz cannot offer a proper mock so i i mentioned that in the mail itself the letter itself that for mocks use these resources only that's it got it sujay sujay thank you so much it was a pleasure talking to you very candid yeah. and uh, very eh, this is all it is you just uh, didn't make a big fuss about what you're doing you just made it look very very yeah no, it is very simple yeah there's no rocket science here i just know maths i just tell everyone what maths is i teach them maths that's it great great so joy it was it was as i said it was a pleasure um i hope uh, to probably catch you after a year couple of years down the line to see i'll be very interested to see if you've made any advancements in the way you teach uh any tech improvements uh and stuff I don't like think that. I would do that but maybe uh, maybe a two three years down the line maybe I could be doing something else along with it so let's see whether that happens or right not. right 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 got it sujoy thank you so much it was a pleasure okay this podcast is brought to you by edison os a no code edtech platform to operate an online education business knowledge entrepreneurs can use edison os to sell online courses from their own websites manage online masterclasses launch mobile learning apps sell online practice tests for competitive exams run online learning communities digitizing their offline tutoring business use it as a learning management system and a lot more cases in the domain of knowledge commerce